where's the best place to find a cheap couch? Facebook Marketplace. But where is the best place to buy industrial plastic? A Facebook group? You may not know this, but industrial plastic sellers and consumers are going into Facebook groups and just posting deals. This is extremely inefficient because almost everyone has been scammed at least once or twice. So Lena and Lance went out to create a better marketplace, one where buyers and sellers would have a reputable platform to do business on. Lena, do you mind telling us a bit more about Scrap? You are here for another dose of climate positivity on the Green Business Impact Podcast. Here we highlight the amazing work of green businesses from around the world that are fighting against climate change. If you are ready to be inspired to take action, ready to hear some amazing examples of how we are working to fight the climate crisis, then stay tuned because this week's episode will be the perfect hit of climate positivity. Yeah, let me give you a little bit of background on like sure. where I come from or like what, what I did before starting Scrap. So I'm originally French German, but have lived across several countries in the last couple of years. And before moving to Singapore, I was actually working in Kenya, in Nairobi for a plastic recycling startup there and really seen firsthand how this industry is developing and needs a lot of development at the moment. There's a lot of uh, change happening in this industry at the moment, more demand for, for recycled plastics, but not enough supply. So I've met Lance at this early stage incubation program called Antler in September and started talking about my experience there. And that's how we, we started the conversations about scrap on what can we do in this industry to help it and to make sure that plastic sticks is, is less of a problem, but actually really becomes a solution and that we can really close the loop and, and have this circular economy that everyone is talking about. So we looked into yeah, what are the inefficiencies currently, what does need to be changed? And and with Lance's experience, um, decided to start this trading platform. Lena and I met at the incubation program under this VC client. And the objective of the program is really for entrepreneur-minded people to find co-founders with complementary skills. So when Lena told me about her experience working, you know, in Kenya, more on the business side of things and seeing the problems within the industry, it really appealed to that side of me that loves to take on challenges and solve difficult issues. And honest to God, the recycled plastics industry has a lot of issues to overcome. At the start of the program, we looked at many angles from which we could possibly help to, you know, uh, make things better, so to speak. And then you kind of fall back on what you know best. And for me, that has always been the finance world and how the markets come together to create efficiency. And Lena, at the same time, looked at how several other startups within this space tried to build online marketplaces to help the trading of recycled plastics be more efficient, but felt that they weren't doing that great a job with, with due respect to the competitors. So it became quite natural for us to look at it and say that she had an industry background and I have sort of the market slash technical background. And therefore we decided to then focus on the approach of creating a better marketplace for this industry. But we don't really like to think of it as a marketplace these days because what most of the existing players out there have done is simply create post and search kind of B2B 
marketplace, which is very Alibaba style. Whereas we looked at it as the market doesn't really have a problem with finding each other. It's more of digitalization of the workflow as well as solving the issues of knowing who to trust and having a timely market data that was really plaguing the industry at becoming a lot more transparent and efficient and thereby raising it to another level of, shall we say, completeness so that recycled plastics can become the norm rather than the rarity right now because the world is still largely using fossil fuels to generate plastic at the moment. So we like to think of ourselves as very different. And that's kind of our story. We, we took a lot of time to think about how we could add value to this industry, given in our backgrounds and the problems that it faced. And today, I think Scrap, we've came up with a solution that is pretty novel. We, we can't think of a second company that's actually doing exactly the same thing. And that in part has a lot to do with some of the insights I've gleamed into how commodity markets in general are linked to the financial markets, especially the derivative markets that you use to hedge transactions and things like that, and how they relate to the underlying you know, spot market, how the indices are derived. And that particular aspect of it has not been covered by anyone in the recycled plastics industry so far, but is in fact really crucial to building a healthy and efficient market for any commodities. So that's the anger that we're coming in to create scrap. It's going to take a while, but you know, hopefully by being there early, we can establish a very strong foundation in it and really be a market leader in time to come. Yeah, because you guys are so much more than just a marketplace where the two industries can really find each other of those buyers and sellers, but you are also giving them that information on the financial side as well. So the, what the market is doing currently, and then, you know, this is what you should sell for, this is what you should con consider buying it for, that kind of thing, correct? Yes. One feature that I'd like to point out also is, unlike any other platform out there, our sellers actually sell on an auction system. And that's one feature that we really hope would help the whole you know, recycling of plastic as well by helping our sellers discover the best price globally for the scrap plastic they have to sell. And basic economics, if prices go up, that encourages more players to come in, create more supply and more plastic gas recycled. Hopefully that's kind of by design our goal for this particular feature of our platform. And we are eagerly testing it now to see if it works. Definitely, very cool. And do you guys currently work with just businesses or do you have any government connections exploring that option? We do explore, yeah. but very early days yet. Lena can probably share more. She does more of the business yeah. development. Than I, do. I mean, currently most of the users are, like all of the users are private, but a lot of the material recovery facilities specifically are publicly owned. So definitely a goal for us at some point to have them on the platform as well. But, you know, of course it's a public companies just take a bit longer with all the approvals that it would need to get them on the platform. All, all the red tape <laughs> that you have to go by. <laughs> we, are, we are talking to some of them already, um, but yeah, it will probably take another couple of months. Gotcha. Awesome. And you created this platform to really connect the buyers and the sellers of the plastic and everything. What do you see as the big reason why you're doing this? These two industries really need to be able to communicate, know what's their prices, all of that. But what impact does that have globally on the world, climate change? those kind of things. Yeah, I mean, one thing I can think of right now is like, because the market is so intransparent, um, a lot of buyers and sellers are actually don't really know that there is plastic maybe just next door to, to recycle. So there's a lot of trade happening really across countries, also because of yeah cheaper labor in other places and poor recycling infrastructure in, in some countries, but also 
definitely also because it's such an intransparent market. I mean, I've talked to a user in the UK who was telling me about a company in Chile that he wanted to buy PET from. And then he realized when they were talking that the price that he actually can sell his PET for was much higher than what he could get. So then they changed the trade and then the, the UK company was selling the PET to Chile. <laughs> so um, yeah, we're hoping that by creating a bit more transparency in the industry with our platform, that we can avoid such scenarios as well. And if you have less and less of plastic being shipped around the world and then of course reduce carbon emissions as well. And also as Lance put it previously, you know, hopefully by having better prices for sellers and incentivizing people to actually really yeah, sell the plastic that they've collected, we can actually have more plastic recycled, which also has a lot of benefits for, for the environment, not just pollution, but also in terms of CO2 emissions. Very cool. Being able to just make the market transparent and so you know exactly where you can benefit from is really great for businesses to become more efficient. That's definitely really good. So in terms of kind of transitioning now to you know social media marketing, what are your guys' goals in terms of social media for 2022? Are you planning on trying to use different campaigns for different platforms? What are your plans? I think the key challenge for us right now is the role of uh, waste management of which, you know, plastic recycling is a subset of. One of the key issues we face, not just in social media, but in reaching our target users, you know, in particular, is the fact that this industry is very traditional very fragmented, very disorganized in some countries, especially in developing countries where the government may not have that active a stance in managing post-consumer waste. And even in the developed countries, you know, waste management and the recycling business is often seen to be a rather unglamorous, you know, sort of a little bit messy and dirty. So it's not the kind of sexy or high-tech business that industries that is common these days, especially for startups. Therefore, the within the ecosystem, the community and the players who are involved in this business are also, shall I say, relatively unsavvy in their social media use as well as just digitalization in general. So one of the interesting things that we find is there is a lot of activity going on in LinkedIn groups, in Facebook groups, where people are literally just posting deals and trying to cut deals. Yeah, like all over the world. And they're dealing with random strangers on social media. There are Facebook groups that numbers in the tens of thousands. I think the largest one is about 60 over thousand just for plastic alone, recycled plastic and scrap plastic. So the good news is a lot of these players, especially the smaller ones, do use social media. But in as so far as social media was never intended to be a business platform, in a way they are using it in the wrong way. So while it's easy for us to find them there, it is such a messy, literally used the word cowboy town, that it's almost like the Wild West. So when we reach out on social media, we are also very careful about what is coming back to us because Scrap as a platform, we are trying to resolve that issue of trust in the industry. Every, almost everyone we've spoken to has been scammed once or twice. And that the, the fact that you're dealing with random strangers on social media platforms from halfway across the world just increases that risk tremendously. Yeah, definitely. So while on the one hand, that's the dilemma, we can reach these users. On the other hand, reaching the users in this way is not exactly how we want to do user acquisition safely and efficiently in the first place. That said, 
it does then present a very easy route for us to get the word out in terms of just pure branding and marketing. Mm -hmm. And in, in that respect, the converse is true because the waste management industry and recycled plastics in general is a relatively small industry compared to other you know big industries like tech and everything. You do find that in very specific social media groups. You would find, you know, you Google waste management or plastic recycling on LinkedIn, you'll find very specific groups that compose of a few thousand people. And these are potentially, especially on LinkedIn, people from professionals from the biggest waste management companies in the world. So it's a very niche audience that we are reaching out to within the world of social media. And there are very niche and established online media companies that reaches out to them, publications, um, especially from the US. We, the, the largest online media publications I found in this field are actually from the US and then maybe that India or China. But then mm -hmm. China's social media exists in an entirely separate ecosystem on its own, as you probably know. So let's not let's not put China in the equation. Let's just talk about Western social media in general. So there are these two sides to it. But as we start to explore how we can then brand and market ourselves within this very niche social media groups on Facebook and LinkedIn. Personally, I'm starting to find that it has been a challenge trying to capture eyeball and attention. Again, because the people in this industry see it as just something that sits there. You know, social media is not something that they see as like a high priority in terms of generating business or networking. Because again, the folks in this business are still very traditional. Business is still done through lunches, face-to-face -face meeting, deals get done through relationships. It's, it's not so sophisticated. And therefore, they probably have a LinkedIn account because everyone else does and then look at it once in a while. And for for us, that is a challenge. We can't really employ many of the common B2B or B2C platform tactics that you would hear most you know, Silicon Valley style startups would do. So, so that's one very big challenge. The second big challenge is how do we increase visibility of what we're doing beyond just those people who are involved in the industry already and are already found within this Facebook and LinkedIn groups. And by that, I mean, perhaps, for example, the VCs and angel investors who like to reach out to the other, you know, interested members of the public who might possibly be an employee or just be a sort supporter of what we do. The waste management business and recycling business, again, is not a very glamorous and sexy business to be in. So how do we craft messages that appeals can potentially go viral? Well, it's a bit ambitious. I'm not even thinking viral at this point. I'm just thinking like a, a decent reach because there is very little that you can say about this industry or this business that uh, hits the usual criteria of what human beings are naturally intrigued by. And by this, I mean things like you are a social media, you know, um, professional in this really, you probably have noticed by now that a lot of things that goes viral on social media, either because they are controversial mm -hmm. or everybody's criticizing something or someone, <laughs> um, or it's a scandal. Human beings love to talk about scandals. You know, all this news that sur surrounds some kind of celebrity or well-known figure like Elon Musk say something on Twitter. But the, the recycled plastics and the waste mesh industry does not have much of that. <laughs> so that, there are very little from conventional social media wisdom that you can pull in and say, if I put this image out, if I put this video or this story out, chances are it will catch attention. There's very little 
of those formulas that we can apply in an industry where things are so traditional and unglamorous and nothing much big actually happens. <laughs> so so that's a big right. challenge for us in our social media strategy. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I understand that it's definitely more challenging when the industry is more traditional. There's definitely ways of, like you mentioned, these social media groups or they're just posting deals up there and trying to close deals. There's definitely a potential there working in that group and trying to just direct a message and try to get some conversation started. There's definitely different ways of approaching it. It's definitely, like you mentioned, trying to get something to go viral for, you know, a majority of companies. The goal is really not to go viral because like, you don't want just everybody and their mother watching it, right? You want the people who are actually going to be interested and they're actually going to be contacting you. That's who you want really interested in it, contacting it and sharing with the people in their industry so that they're coming to you. We don't want them, you know, sharing with brother who are have no interest in what you do, right? <laughs> there, There's social media to go viral. And there, that's very popular because everybody's like, oh, I want to be famous. I want to be, you know, this and that. And Honestly, the more, the less glamorous route, but the much more effective for businesses route is to really go towards direct marketing and direct messaging and really just trying to meet those people exactly who you were looking for, not to go viral, but just to get them and get them sharing in their industry. It's uh, you've got the right idea <laughs> there with with your with your goals for social media. Have you done anything so far? I know you mentioned you've been seeing these Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups. Have you done any outreach and messaging in those groups yet? Yeah, we have. So the the initial first round, we focused on what we noticed people in these groups generally do, which is to post deals. So when we were trying to clear the investor pitch in our program to get that so-called pre-seed investment from Antler. We took that approach and basically post deals in order to attract users to come to our platform and sign up. So that is round number one. And now perhaps if you think of it as round number two, now we're trying to go beyond that to brand and position the company a little bit by sharing news and developments, the usual stuff from our company. I've been thinking harder about developing content marketing as you've rightly pointed out in in b2b enterprise sales you really want to send the message out to the right people and do lead conversion and predominantly in enterprise sales you do that through a lot of content marketing things like creating uh, research-based articles or even longer white papers unfortunately for us as a startup we are only just beginning to start to engage more manpower so it is not easy for us to scale up the production of original content high value content that can attract industry professionals to want to come to our website or leave their contact details so that we can then use that as a mechanism for outreach. So it will take a while. Then there's the other option that we are looking at now of uh, producing user-generated content. It's taken me a while to figure out how I could possibly do that without having a lot of money and a lot of manpower. But we are taking a shot and you will see this in the latest version of our website, which we have just released yesterday, which is to encourage our potential user base to come and report about the scams and frauds they face in the industry. Because since it's it's some, a problem that most people have encountered, nobody's kind of policing it. There's, there's not been a recycling industry specific resource to go to 
to check if certain company you're talking to is credible to have good reputation out there. We are taking the initiative and the lead to do this. So hopefully that will generate some user-generated content for us, which we will then share on social media that will lead back to, again, you know, click-throughs and traffic on our website. It's a form of branding and marketing. So that's our latest attempt at tapping into social media as a means for us to get the word out and, and to do user acquisition. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you could have some comparisons like, oh, do do business with this company, don't do business with this company, <laughs> like, you know, checks and X's and stuff like that. And I mean, like, Can oh, these are, these are scams, like, don't, don't go over here, kind of, but that's... That's definitely, that's definitely a, a great idea to, you know, and it's also a way to showcase the companies that are on your website, on your app too. So you can say like, these are great companies, don't work with these guys. <laughs> so it's kind of, it's a good, it's a good way to, you know, show that, show that comparison and show that, you know, you're really trying to make this ecosystem a better place, better place for, for everybody, which is, which is really awesome. Would you have any suggestions for us? Any ideas off the top of head on how we could you know, be more effective? That's great. You know, coming up with that scam meter, I, I liked it on your website. I thought that was pretty cool. And how you were going to make sure as well, you're going to call them and contact them and say like, Hey, like, let's, let's verify that you're like a legit person <laughs> so that we don't get any like people who are just trying to, you know, demonize somebody or something like that, which is really great. Also having, you could also try creating your own group on either Facebook or LinkedIn and inviting people into that group who are vetted, right? Who are saying, these are the people that are doing great stuff and they are actually legit and they're not scammers <laughs> and stuff like that. You can come into our, our great community and then also use our app platform to and go from there and in that community you could also say post things that are happening on in your business post news happening or something interesting you saw in this industry just having that user generated content is great as well for them to just be posting about things and commenting on each other's posts and keep keeping people active is a is a great way to do that and, and you could even to invite people into that group and keep the engagement up you can run like challenges in that group where you can say like hey if some if you bring in five other companies that you know are great that you've worked with will give you something in return like a discount or uh, we have this prize or we'll introduce you to five other companies or something like that some way to incentivize them being active will really just ramp up a group and be able to get you more members and also to get that engagement and really benefit the marketplace as well so it's not only just good for you guys but it's good for your clients and potential people you're working with as well so what do you yeah think? some great ideas <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we cool. started we tried it we tried this a little bit on our app so we do have like a one corner of the app where they can just post and share share oh, stuff nice. hasn't really worked yet but we also don't have that many users yet and we we do have to activate it a bit more to make sure stuff happens <laughs> right yeah, and you, yeah gotta, you, you gotta incentivize with things too so your favorite channel is wifm what's in it for me so <laughs> you've got to be able to say like if you do this you'll get this right you have to incentivize it at the beginning because people don't realize don't want to put in the effort when they don't see that like direct correlation even though it's going to be great for them for posting that and other seeing other people post great things about the industry and people they've worked with and stuff if they don't have a initial reason to that direct instant gratification they're not going to do it so you you've got to be a good way to really get increased engagement and also to work be able to increase the value of your app and your group so 
you know, what is one way that somebody, if they wanted to reach out to you, what is one specific way to, for them to get in touch? Let's just ping either of us, you know, on LinkedIn or send us an email, yeah. contact us on, on our yeah. Awesome. Great. Yeah. LinkedIn is a great place. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Green Business Impact Podcast. We hope you enjoyed receiving another dose of climate positivity. In a world that constantly inundates you with the negative things happening, it can be great to take a break and hear some great things happening in the world. Make sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app to stay up to date with the latest and best interviews of top minds in the green industries. And if you are interested in seeing the faces of the people in these podcasts or receiving free business training specifically geared to green businesses, make sure you check out our YouTube channel and subscribe. Thanks again, and we can't wait to see you back here next time for another hit of Climate Positivity. Yeah.